Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't geek speak. It's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready. You're just an episode away from your next aha experience or big idea. And now your host, Matt. Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and this is the show where we talk to real WordPress entrepreneurs uh, from all walks of life, running all kinds of businesses, big, small, medium, anything that they have running a WordPress business, making a living, we're going to talk to them to find their side of the story to help us. If you haven't seen any of the shows, where the heck have you been? Uh, super popular, getting some great rave reviews. Head on over to iTunes, throw me a uh, review. Let me know how you think of, what you think about the show. Today, super excited to be joined by Brad Williams. Brad, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Finally connected two yes. WordPress media titans <laughs> coming together World's today. World's colliding, baby. It's all good, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say you're Fox News and I'm CNN. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Am I that, I'm, I'm not that biased, am I? No, no, no. no. Maybe a little bit. Uh, so, Brad, you are uh, well known for your uh, leading role at Web Dev Studios. Uh, Give folks the uh, elevator pitch of who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm one of the co-founders of Web Dev Studios. We are a uh, uh, WordPress development and design shop doing 100% WordPress uh, work. That's the only platform we work on. Um, I'm also a co-host on the the greatest podcast on the history of the internet called <laughs> Bradcast. So check that out. And I've written a couple of WordPress books in the Professional WordPress series. Word, professional WordPress Second Edition, which just came out, and uh, Professional WordPress uh, Plugin Development. So yep. I also do a lot of the the local uh, stuff here. And I'm in Philadelphia, so I uh, help co-organize the meetup and, and WordCamp out here. Nice. Uh, yeah, your book, I've been actually tallying all the books that folks have been recommending. And I think you are the uh, head of the pack of, of WordPress nice. books uh, that folks have been recommending. So but we'll, we'll get that. We'll get to that later. Take us back to when uh, you first started realizing your aha moment for using WordPress uh, as a business or for a business. Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I first started using WordPress in 2006. I went to... Uh, I, was, I wasn't doing Web Dev Studios full-time. I was working at a, a large e-commerce firm, and I went to a Search Engine Strategies conference. I think it was Chicago, if I remember right. And everybody there, everybody I met, everybody had a blog. Where it's blogging, talking about their blogs, linking, this and that. I didn't have one. I was like, man, I'm way behind. So then I started researching blog platforms, and that's when I came across WordPress. I set up my blog, started blogging. Um, and it was probably... Um, a couple years after that, when I actually decided to go or do Web Dev Studios full time um, in 2008, um, at the time I left my job, kind of took a bit of a risk. I actually picked up my whole life. I was living in Indiana, moved out to Jersey to start Web Dev Studios full time. So it was a big change for me. Um, at the time, the idea was with my business partner Brian and myself to do focus on open source platforms. So WordPress being one of them, but not the only one. I also did a lot of Drupal. Uh, a little bit of Joomla, some Magento, Zencart, stuff like that. Um, but over time, we, we we definitely, you know, probably within the first six months of doing that, we realized that WordPress was the platform we, we really enjoyed working on. Uh, picked it up really, really quickly. 
uh, you know, we're, we're able to do a lot of the things we could do in WordPress much faster than we could in other platforms like Drupal um, or even some nastier ones like Zincart that are just mm-hmm. a mess. Um, so probably at that point, you know, probably 2008 timeframe um, is when we said, you know what, I think WordPress is the direction we want to go. And that's really what we started focusing on. What was that spark? If we go, could go even further back, what was that spark for you to just pick up your life and, and move to, to start this venture? Um, it, was, it was an interesting time. So I was IT director um, at Batteries.com. So that large e-commerce company. So obviously we're doing a lot of online sales. Um, I had a lot of experience with that. I've been doing that about four or five years at that point. Um, and I decided that it, while it was good, it was a nice cushy job, it wasn't really pushing me and it wasn't really um, hitting the areas that I wanted to focus on. I really felt like like I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to go out there and try to do my own thing. At the time, I thought I was going to do more of like startup-based stuff where I wanted to kind of have a startup Web 2.0 was on fire right then. You know, everybody was kind of doing startups, throwing money at everything. Um, so that was kind of the initial idea. And then that kind of evolved to, you know what, let's just go with what we're good at, which is building websites and start there um, and make money to survive. And then it just kind of snowballed into what it is. So um, th- that's when I decided, you know what, my, my business partner, Brian, and I just, just a little bit of history there. We uh, were in the Marine Corps together and we we're actually developers together. So we went to school to be programmers in the Marine Corps. That's where we met when we were um, um, at the same station, duty station out in North Carolina. Um, you know, we were in the same barracks. So we spent a lot of time together learning, and we really learned what we know now at that point. We learned together. So um, that's where we kind of got into the development side of things. So Nice. Were you, uh, were you a completely bootstrap startup or did you did you go out and seek investors like everyone else was so doing we're uh, we're actually always even to this day have been bootstrap we've we've never taken a loan um we've never had outside investors everything we've done has been bootstrap so we've just grown organically as the company has grown so when we first started like i said i kind of had a little bit of money i'd saved up but i left my job so i knew i could survive for a period of time um just doing web dev full-time brian actually still had another full-time job that he stayed at because we knew it wasn't going to be enough initially for both of us to do this mm-hmm. um and then over time he was able to to come over to web dev full-time so um we literally just like grew as as the work grew and as more and more business came in more people came to us we started getting a little bit of a name um at least where people would find us on google and stuff for wordpress um that's when we started kind of expanding and, and actually hiring you know and, and growing as a company and uh, I want to set the context for my next question. How many uh, employees do you have now? We have currently 12. Okay. 12 employees. And back then, uh, when you first started out, was it smooth sailing or was it a scrappy experience? What was it like dealing with these, those first few clients to kind of scale this business? <laughs> um, we got lucky. Some of our earlier clients were, were really, really good clients. Um, and and they were understanding that you know some of the stuff we we maybe hadn't done before um, or it was learning and we would be very upfront about that and say look you know we can figure this out but we haven't done it before um, so we would offer some discounts and things to to help with that and and if it took us way longer than it should have obviously we would credit stuff like that back um, there were you know you you definitely have to learn some things the hard way which we did um, taking on very complex sites for like just a, a stupid little amount of money that didn't make any sense. And looking yeah. back, you're just like, what was I thinking? Right. Um, you know, and you kind of learn that as you go. Or like browser compatibility, we kind of stumbled into that. Like at the time, IE6 still had, it wasn't a lot, but it still had, you know, five, 6% of the market. We didn't really think about that as we were building sites. And then people wanted to know, why does it look horrible on my browser, which was IE6, you know? So we we're combating a lot of those issues. But again, it's, I feel like you have to learn that stuff the hard way. Like if anybody tries to tell it to you, you might pick up a little bit of it, but until you actually 
have a project that goes badly um, and you and you figure out how to deal with it and learn from it, um, or maybe you underestimate something, then you know what to look for the next time around. So we've gotten very good at that over the years, and a lot of it's just figuring out as we go. Nice. The You, you brought up something great about how you, you you just can't be ready for these things. You're learning as you go. One of the things I try to tell folks is you try to have a little bit of vision as best you can to set these long-term goals and, and kind of just check your gut and say, here's where I think I want to be in mm-hmm. one year, five years. Did you, did you plan on having you know a, a staff of 12 and, and building one of the largest, grow, fastest-growing WordPress uh, companies, or were you just... You know, just seeing here. Let's see what we can get. Let's you know, yeah. Let's try, try to build a business. No, I yeah, I don't think we were. I think it was like let's see what we can get, and it was kind of this like you know point where you know Brian and I are both developers, so immediately we had we were missing the design aspect. We knew that out of the gate. We could kind of hack up CSS. We could kind of get to where it needed to go, but it really wasn't the right way. A lot of inline styles, you know, things like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. pretty. Um, so immediately we knew we need to find you know we need to get a designer in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one of the first um, um, roles that we tried to fill, or we mm-hmm. did fill. Um, and then from that, it's just kind of like I've always had the notion of like if if you got a lot of business coming in or potential business, um, I've always wanted to. I hate kind of sending people away. Um, it's tough because we get a lot of even today we still get a lot of contacts that we do have to send away because either we're too busy or you know their budget's unrealistic or whatever it is. Like I just don't like doing that because it's like. There's people coming to us. They want to work with us for a reason. I hate to say, oh, we're booked up for six months. You have to go somewhere else. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why we just kept growing. Like, hey, we got enough. You know, we got enough coming in right now. Let's let's hire another another developer, another designer. And, and like I said, it was all very organic. So at, mm-hmm. at the beginning, it was all very part time. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of hiring. We worked with contractors. We tried the whole overseas thing, which is a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it always sounds great. Oh, you can hire someone for a dollar an hour. It's not great. It's can not. you share? Can you share one uh, one pitfall of that one? A funny story, perhaps. Uh, like funny, like a clown crying funny. <laughs> or, or no, I no. Mean, let's let's say funny. <laughs> let's say funny, painful. Funny for the audience, but not funny for you. Well, right? I mean, I, I can't remember. I, I want to say it was like Christmas of two thousand eight, and I worked over the entire Christmas because we were outsourcing a lot of stuff to you know overseas using things like Odesk, and there was just a lot of pitfalls and the stuff we we're getting back. It wasn't. It wasn't like it would kind of half work, but there was nobody really checking it, so I had to go in there and check every little thing. I mean, I'm. A, it's like Christmas morning. I'm on the computer working because there's only certain windows when they were you know because of the time difference. Like I had to be on at certain times um, to communicate with them. So it was not worth it long. It ended up spending, you know, the project took twice as long as it should have. Uh, you don't, you don't, you're not going to make the money you think you're going to make because it's, it's, you're going to have to fix a lot of the stuff that comes over. It's not to say there's not good overseas developers, but if you're paying someone a dollar an hour, you're going to get code that was cost a dollar an hour. You right. know, now if you hire somebody overseas and you're paying a quality wage, that's a different story. Um, but, you know, definitely avoid that. That's a mistake we, we made a couple times early on and we finally yeah. said, you know what, we're done with that. So interesting. Yeah, that uh, was. One of the yep. things you said is you said, well, the two founders were developers. We need designers. Were you always comfortable in the business role? Did you ever think, hey, we might need an operations person? When did the real business stuff come in and say, hey, you know, we need somebody for operations, uh, yeah. you know, project management and writing contracts, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, another great question. And that's a tricky one because it's like early on for a business to hire anyone that's not 
specifically crossing off tasks for clients is tough, right? Because you're like, well, you know, yeah, they're justified in what they're doing, but it's hard. You can't always charge that back to a client or to a project. So it's very hard to justify, very hard to kind of get that ball rolling. So yeah, early on, I mean, it was really just, like I said, we were kind of figuring this out as we went. We really didn't know what we were doing. I, you know, I've never taken a really a business class. Brian hadn't either. I mean, you know, I, I didn't even read any business books. We just kind of dove into it and said, let's do it. Um, as far as contracts and stuff, like a lot of the time early on, like we were just pulling contracts offline or online templates, kind of tweaking them a little bit and using them. Whether it, never had a lawyer review them, you know, do could we have got sued and lost a ton of money? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always that possibility. Um, you know, we just didn't have the funds to do that early on, and I think a lot of people don't. Um, so now, obviously, you know, we have lawyers that review our contracts. We have a project manager, Shane. He's great. Early on, you know, Brian and I were the project managers. We were the ones interacting with the client. I mean, I, re- I remember back in the day when, like, our task lists were literally spreadsheets that we would email around to each other. Mm. I mean, and looking back, you're like, how did that even work? Like, right. <laughs> here's your task for the day. Here's 10 lists and a spreadsheet. And they would work on them and cross them off and leave notes and send them back and email. It was just like the most inefficient thing. And then over time, you, you find tools and things to help that process. And you build, build a little bit of cash flow so you can actually invest in services like Basecamp or something to help out. So, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that uh, perfect transition over to, over to cash flow and finding the right clients. When you started out, was it uh, did you have referrals from your previous careers and, and, and your co-founders' previous careers or current career? Uh, did you just go out and start seeking clients? How did that How did that start, and how did you elevate um, uh, up the up the ladder? Yeah, so when we first started out, you know, we like we had a website, but it was terrible. It was like a custom built thing we kind of hacked together. You know, everyone always says it's it's funny. Like if you if your job is a computer technician, you repair computers. Your computer is always the one that's broke, right? You can right. fix everybody else's computer, but you can never fix your own, or you don't have time to fix your own. You know, it's the same thing with a lot of. Your website, especially when you're starting out, like, yeah, we build websites, but we didn't really spend a lot of time on our website. Um, so we sat down one week and said, you know what, this is a problem. So we got rid of the website, rebuilt it in WordPress, used a very, like, generic theme, and just started loading in tons of content. Like, you know, not, not like, stealing it, but actually writing, like, you know, good quality, unique content around WordPress, around things, you know, we were messing with plugins at the time, so plugins we built in, and that helped tr- a little bit of traffic start coming in. So people started to find us a little bit. You know, we didn't have a big footprint. Um, for a while um, so that kind of got the ball rolling and again early on there was like one and a half of us so we didn't need like a, a large amount of cash flow to survive um, and it just kind of grew you know the site kept growing um, I really got involved in word camps um, went to my first one in 2009 I actually spoke at the first one I ever went to um, and then I've been speaking at them ever since so that's always been a great way to kind of get our name out there it's a lot of, I enjoy doing it um, a lot of the people in our company enjoy doing it it's, it's we kind of feel it's a nice way to give back um, as well as it also gets our name out there so um, you know it helps because it kind of advertises who we are and what we do and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that so I think mm-hmm. the the uh, word camps and speaking and just participating had, had helped a lot to get our name out there mm-hmm. so you you were actually getting some traction online. Uh, from you know keywords and, and, and typical Google searches, mm-hmm. um, you started doing the WordCamp stuff. Um, you know, giving back to the community by participating, maybe sponsoring and speaking. Um, you know, one of the one of the favorite questions uh, that I ask folks is, how do you deal with the five hundred dollar client, the folks that come to you looking to build you know Facebook for five hundred bucks? Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how did you deal with that early on? How do you deal with that today? 
Well, early on, we probably took the project on, and then yep. we we're like, oh boy, this is a pro <laughs> like halfway into it, like this isn't gonna work. Um, no, I don't think we ever went that low, but you know, it's it happens. You know, it's it's early on. It's very easy to underestimate. It's very easy to undervalue what you're doing. Um, I see a lot of people online asking, like I, you know, I frequent like the WordPress Reddit subreddit and things like that, and they're asking, like, what do you charge? You know, what do you? I'm just getting into this. What should I charge? And and people are coming out saying, oh, you know, if you're new, maybe ten bucks or twenty bucks. Uh, you know, and then other people are like, you know, value. You need to value your work. You know, if you know what you're doing, you need to charge more than ten or twenty dollars an hour. Um, and you'd be surprised. I mean, people, a lot of companies out there, if you charge too little, they will pass because they think, oh, they're only charging twenty dollars an hour. They must not do good work. Mm -hmm. um, I want to pay at least this much an hour. You'd be shocked by how many people actually base that. Mm -hmm. um, larger companies, but based off of that, so. Um, I'm trying to think where I was going with that. I'm not really sure, but uh, that, that's <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. The um, no, as far as what we do with the, the lower clients. So now, when those come in, you know, we we have kind of a referral list of other larger companies like us that were, you know, the great thing about the WordPress community, I, I don't know of any, and I'm sure they're out there, but a lot of the companies like us, we're all friends. I mean, you know, four or five years ago, none of us had, were, you know, web dev was one person or two people and, you know, uh, 10 up and Jake, he was working somewhere else. And, you know, Alex King was doing crowd favorite, but they're much smaller. Like, but, so we all kind of grew together. Um, and we've all been friends kind of behind the scenes and at WordCamps and stuff and sharing experiences. So there's really not a lot of like, um, you know, rivalry going on. So when we're, when someone comes to us and it's a larger project, a big budget project, something that's probably beyond the freelancer, we'll refer it out to one of those companies. If somebody comes to us and they're the lower budget, um, you know, maybe not the 500, you know, if it's the 500, I'd probably send them to like the jobs.wordpress.net, post your job. You might be able to get, you know, a, a, a new freelancer to, to, to help you out. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's someone that's a, kind of a medium to smaller job, then I'll send it out to the freelancers that I know do good work. I mean, Bill Erickson, Jared Askison, I mean, all those guys, um, they do solid work. Now, they're not the $20 an hour type of developer. They're charging top dollar, and rightly so, because they do good work. But So we kind of have a, a you know different list that we recommend. I, don't, I never like telling someone, sorry, we can't help you. Mm -hmm. um, I always want to give them, at least point them somewhere. You know, Sorry, we can't help you, but you should check out these companies or these freelancers or go to jobs.wordpress.net and post, your, post what you need on there. Mm -hmm. So I have two different types of uh, people in the audience. One type are folks that are looking to find uh, WordPress uh, help and build their first WordPress site for their business. And I have folks who are uh, servicing these people, freelancers uh, and others that are trying to grow their agency. Uh, can you throw a small, medium, and large number uh, or numbers together so that people know, hey, this is what you consider a small project, this is what's a medium, and this is what a large project would be? Give some perspective. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think small projects are probably anywhere from like, you know, zero to $2,000. I think that that's going to satisfy a lot of your kind of basic WordPress users, you know, bloggers, things like that. Um, 2000 and up, you know, 2000 to generally 10 to 15 grand, I kind of consider mid size. Um, that's when you start getting into things like multi-site, uh, buddy press, um, things like that. They're a little more technical, have a lot, you know, a little bit more things to consider, and and, and generally a little more functionality that the that the uh, client would want. Um, really, I think anything about fifteen thousand plus, in in my opinion, is is a large job. Um, there's some, I mean, there's six figure jobs being done around WordPress out there. We we you know we generally focus on anywhere from like the ten to to fifty range. Um, as, as far as job size, um, it, you know, there is such a thing as too big of a job in my opinion. Um, I like to have very manageable 
um, phases, I guess is a good way to put it. So if they do, if someone comes with us with a big six figure job, I like to try to help them break that down to multiple phases rather than, you know, one big bite to satisfy all of it, much smaller bites, get version one out. I think we've heard Matt Mullenweg mention that a lot, you know, get version one out the door, um, and then see how that might affect version two, you know, yeah. phase two. I always tell people if they break it up, I guarantee you phase two is not going to end up what you think it is right now because yeah. your users will dictate what they're using on your site, what they like, what they don't like. You'll learn a lot from just getting version one out the door yeah. and getting a lot of feedback in. So I think that's the kind of things we look at price-wise when we're when, when contacts and, and we're estimating things out. Yeah, I love that strategy. I love that strategy of breaking uh, apart. You know, a folks might come to you or a potential client might come to you and say, you know, I want, uh, you know, a e-commerce site and uh, it has beautiful checkout interface. And when people buy something, they can share it with their friends to let them know that they bought it. And then through that, they can sign up for to a uh, newsletter and all these like lovely things that, you know, it's going to take them maybe six to eight months to actually launch. When yeah. if, they, if they just launched version one. Uh, they could have a store up and running and starting to see some ROI on their project. Yeah, exactly. Make money. I mean, you know, get that version out in the first couple of months, and then you got four months of potential revenue plus getting um, getting the site indexed, especially if it's a new site. Getting the index. I mean, a brand new site getting indexed takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take as long as it used to, but it still takes some time. Um, so, getting that out there, getting you know your content indexed, getting people on the site, building a name around it, a brand. Um, yeah, don't wait six months. Get version one out. Get something functional, like a functional prototype. Doesn't mean you have to advertise the hell out of it or spend a million dollars of AdSense um, or AdWords to, to promote it, you know, but get it out there and then you'll start learning about how people are using it as you're working on the next phase. So yeah. that's a really strong approach. How, how do people, how do, that, that's, a, a, you bring up a great question because I try to do the same thing. I know others out there try to do the same thing. How do your clients react to that when, when you want to slow them down and say, no, 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 let's focus on you know, getting your getting this out on a phase one so you can start making money. I don't think a lot of people are used to hearing that kind of thing. They're like, Oh, I thought you were just a web guy, you know, <laughs> I thought you were building <laughs> yeah. a website. What do you care if I if I sell right. this right now? Yeah, I mean, we always approach potential clients that come in and we talk to them. We kind of approach as a partnership more so than you're paying us to build XYZ. Like we're not just gonna blindly develop something if we think it could be done better or more efficient or, you know, anything that we can bring to the table to to help we will. So if they say we want this feature as X, Y, Z, we'll look at it and say, yeah, that's cool. Have you ever thought about maybe twisting a little bit and doing this instead or or adding on to that because we've seen a lot of people do this and it's successful? Um, usually they're very open to that. If you're more so than just shooting them down, if you're kind of giving them um, various options based on your experiences or what you've seen, um, you know, people come to us because, you know, we're the experts in what we're doing. Um so, you know, a lot of them are looking for that feedback. They're saying, like, this is what we want to do. And they tell us that. This is what we want to do. If you see any problems with this approach, you know, let us know. Let's talk about it. And so we we, we definitely do that. There are some people that are very stubborn. Um, and they're like, no, it has to be Amazon and eBay and, and, and Reddit and Netflix all in one before we launch. Um, those, those generally, it doesn't mean we always pass on it. But anytime I'm talking to someone prelim before they're a potential client, I'm always kind of looking for red flags that I think might not so much saying they're a bad client, but maybe they're not a great fit for us. Um, and if they're really stubborn on things like that and they're not wanting to take our advice, generally that's a bit of a red flag for me. Because then if they're not wanting to take our advice and our advice maybe would save their site from crashing or save their, you know, something bad could have happened if they don't take our advice, that puts everybody in a bad position. So I generally look for stuff like that. And then, you know, Do you maybe have one example of, of like a red flag that you would turn away a, a client at that point. 
Uh, probably something where they're so stubborn, and, and, and maybe if they're if they're um, their spec and stuff is just so over the top complex um, to where it's like you know there's features inside of features inside of features, and it's you know and and just very unrealistic the scope and timeline, and because everybody wants their site launched yesterday, right? So <laughs> um, nobody ever like rarely. Some people do. I, I shouldn't say nobody, but some you know rarely do they say, all right, we have. 12 months to figure this out before we launch. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a pretty time crunch situation. So mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, I, you know, generally might, might raise some red flags. Have you ever had anybody get offended <laughs> saying, no, I, 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 you know what, we're not going to continue with this relationship. Um, so yeah, some people kind of take it personal. I mean, it's business, you know, and I'm always very respectful and, you know, and I, I don't necessarily say we're not going to do it because you're stubborn, you know, I might, um, just say we kind of, I don't think it's going to be a good fit, um, or things like that. Cause I want people that want to, want to at least consider our advice. Doesn't mean they always have to take it, but at least consider it and think about what we're telling you because we've been doing this for a while. So if we're telling you, you should probably do something a little different. You probably should um, or at least consider it and maybe mm-hmm. talk it over with your team or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like those people that are, you know, that, that want to be more of a partner with this versus just, you know, a straight client relationship. That's awesome. Uh, I interviewed one of your uh, fantastic developers, Ryan Duff. Yes, Duff uh, Man. Uh, he, we talked about, you know, what it's like going from freelancer to uh, agency life. Uh, one of the things that he really enjoyed was the fact that he didn't have to deal with all these client relations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things anymore. Are you still getting involved with that, or, or who, who's leading that up today for you? Um, yeah, I'm still pretty heavily involved in that. Um, you know, now uh, we brought uh, we merged with Lisa Saban Wilson's company at the beginning of the year, eWebscape. So now she's a, a third partner in the company. So she's she's brought a lot of experience and to the table. Helps out a lot with that. It's really split evenly between the three um, kind of owners and then uh, Shane Sanderson, our our project manager, as far as like specking, scoping, proposals, uh, contracts, things like that. So yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I do more admin than I do developing at, at this point. Um, so yeah, still heavily involved. In that. I don't think as a business owner, you can ever fully get away from that. And if you do, there might be a problem. You might be a little too disconnected because it's, it's the important stuff right like mm-hmm. if you misquote something severely or you know you take on a project that isn't a good fit and it ends badly i mean it could severely affect your business um mm-hmm. if you get into a lawsuit things like that you want to do everything you can to avoid that because the wrong one little mistake like that and the wrong lawsuit or something could potentially shut your company down so exactly to be fully hands off I, I don't think i'll ever be at that point i will always be involved in it exactly great points um Let's talk about uh, one last business piece here, or one of the last few business pieces here. Um, you talk about this on Dradcast. This is starting to be more popular at WordCamps. People are really, and this is why I do the show, uh, people are really taking WordPress businesses more serious uh, lately. You know, rumor mills of you know, WP Engine going public. There are uh, companies that are all you know, growing really fast, uh, scaling really fast, taking on some investment. Um, you know, what's it like being in, you know, are we in a really good position uh, as in the WordPress marketplace? Uh, What are we going to see next? What's next for your company, um, you know, growing and and becoming larger? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think we're in a great position because it's still, yes, the ecosystem around WordPress, especially the commercial side, is, is growing really, really fast. But in my opinion, it's still very young. I mean, if you look at companies... Um, like ours that are, let's say, 10-plus employees that are 100% WordPress, there aren't that many. Um, it's still 
very small numbers as far as those. And and, and even the, the largest few aren't like massive. I don't think there are any that have over 100 employees that I know of anyways. Probably, maybe not even ones that have 50. Um, they're all, you know, anywhere from the 10 to 20 to 30 range as far as uh, people. And if you look at other developer shops that focus on, you know, different technologies, even proprietary stuff, they're, I mean, they, they're massive. Some of them are huge, you know, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of, of, of employees. So I, I still feel like it's very, it's very young. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's growing very fast. Um, you know, the, the, the world is really starting to take, take WordPress much more seriously, um, than it was even just a couple of years ago. Um, I think the expansion of like the custom content, custom post types, things like that, um, being able to really, you know, basically when WordPress kind of morphed from a blogging platform to a content management system, and then, you know, add on another year or two, a few years now where we're at now, and you're and people are starting to see some of the, the applications that are online that have been built around WordPress that are like far beyond what most people can imagine that WordPress could do. That's kind of just validating that what we all know that WordPress can pretty much do anything on the web that it wants. Um, we, on the Dragcast, Dre and I uh, had Matt Mullenweg on a few weeks back. Great episode, 007. You should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, he mentions you know, that he could see WordPress becoming a web operating system, which I thought was a really cool idea, mm-hmm. whereas it's kind of the platform that can power very large parts of the web. It could, in my opinion, it could really power all of it. But I think you're going to see more of that, more of that kind of outside the box. We do a lot of kind of... Um, um, you know, WordPress as an application framework type development. We're building, you know, these these frameworks that run or, or these applications that run on things like the iPad or, or or mobile devices that are really kind of pushing the boundaries as far as what WordPress, what at least we've seen WordPress doing um, out in public spaces. So it's exciting. I mean, what are we at? Like 17.5% of the Internet's powered by WordPress? Yep. That's a huge number. Like I don't care who you are, whether you whether you like WordPress or not, you have to respect the fact that it powers a large chunk of the internet. Um, and and if you're not, if you don't, if you're not paying respect, then then I, I think you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, seventeen percent of the web, and then if you look at just content management systems in general, it's just blowing away everybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, in terms of market share. So if I had all kinds of crazy special effects and red alarms going off, I'd say curveball question time. Because right. <laughs> uh, you did bring up Matt Mullenweg. Uh, I did watch the show. I was in the chat room. Um, I was hoping for uh, a little bit more curveball questions to Matt uh, about, and back then I think we still had some of the remnants of um, you know, the whole blackballing of WordCamps and folks who were selling on ThemeForce and the whole GPL thing. Uh, you know what, what's your what's your stance? Uh, how do you feel that WordPress is going uh, in all these different directions? You got .dot com, you've got foundation, you've got .dot org. Too confusing, too many politics. What's up? Yeah, I mean, well, definitely confusing. I mean, it's confusing to people like us that do this every day and read about it every day. So imagine someone that doesn't do that trying yep. to figure this out. Like they're you know they're clueless. Almost every major publication about WordPress outside of like a WordPress specific news site. Um, is wrong in the way it attributes what WordPress is, who owns it, you know, things like they always they always tie it into automatic, um, and we know that's not really the case. So it's 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 very confusing. But it's you know I don't I don't even know. I've thought about this a lot, and I've talked to a lot of people. I don't know the right answer of how to make it less confusing because it's like you you know the fact is you have WordPress.com, you have WordPress.org, uh, you have automatic, which kind of owns one and and definitely finances the other in some in some aspect um it's just a really tricky thing to to figure out um around the the blackball thing i mean 
Yeah, when we had Matt on, it was right after and and Vado kind of came out with the allowing their their designers to go uh, GPL, which was a big change for them, allowing them to choose that license if they want, uh, which essentially lifted the blackball of anyone that was selling through Envato because um, they could now sell via GPL. What I what I dislike the most about that whole situation is just really the way it was handled. I felt like if that's the if that's how the foundation and the rules for you know uh, being a part of WordCamps. If that's the requirement, which which it is, and it's clearly stated on the site, it is. Um, that's fine, but I think the way it went about it, I felt like they were using community members almost as pawns to get what they wanted through Envato, which I did not like. I, mm-hmm. You know, if that's if that's the case, great, but go you know go straight to Envato. Don't like use a community member that's trying to give back, that's trying to present as a kind of a pawn in that in that game. Um, not to say that's that was intentional on Matt or anybody's part, but that's outside looking in that's what i felt yeah and i think a lot of people did and that's one of the reasons it blew up so much um is is it, it felt like they were kind of saying oh you know you can't speak because you sell things over here like where did that come from right. i mean I, you know i don't this first time we've heard of it a lot of people spoke up and i'm like well i sell things over there and i speak all the time so right. it was like just randomly someone got singled out you know rather than maybe just blogging about and saying this is what's going to happen in the next few months i don't know it's just some things i think are handled a little bit hasty yeah. uh when they should be step back, think about what the repercussions of what you're going to do are, and then and then move forward. Um, yeah, you know, there's always drama in this community. We call it WP drama. And that's the hashtag. So yeah, yeah, um, no, I I, <laughs> I agree a hundred percent because if anybody's out there, and, and I'm sure you have the experience of running the the WordCamp Philly, and we did WordCamp Providence last year. It's not easy, right? And we're all volunteers, yeah. and it's. It's a lot of time, and and then for you to put in that effort, and then have awesome, intelligent people come to to speak to help spread the word at WordPress, but then say, "Nah, you're selling over there, so you can't you can't attend." That's it's crazy yeah. talk. It's crazy talk. Yeah, I, I honestly think a lot of I, I, yeah, I organize. I, I've done three years for WordCamp Philly, um, and I'm friends with a lot of other organizers. Um, I honestly think these rules are going to start backfiring a little bit because I know there's a lot of kind of back channel chatter about just kind of like. It's it's like you said. It's so much work, and then to have something as silly as that or, or something else pop up, you know, at, whenever it does, it's just unnecessary like drama around what should be an event focused on WordPress. That wasn't the focus. It was more about this this guy that wasn't able to speak. So, um, I think they're going to start seeing a lot of these really good organizers that have done it for a while um, either decide to a not do it or b you know not do a WordCamp and do something else yep. because you, all you do all you do is change the name and then you can do whatever you want, right? right? So you're not underneath that foundation's umbrella. Change the name and and you know you could have whoever you want come speak. You don't have yep. to worry about that. And I'm not saying that that's a great solution, but I think that's going to start happening because I mean who needs it if I'm dedicating so much time to a WordCamp and then there's all this other stuff I have to worry about that could pop up at any time. Like, it's just, it's, you know, it's too much. Yeah, and that's the other thing I agree upon. I, I was part of fundraising for the for the last uh, WordCamp out here. And, you know, I primarily do business development and sales at, at my place. So my first thing is, hey, I'm going to go right to, like, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts and say, hey, Dunkin' Donuts, give, <laughs> us, give us 10 grand and, you know, sponsor this event. But, oh, no, there are limitations to how much you can ask from a, from a sponsor right. and, and, and how right. much you can charge for a ticket. And I think, like we talked about before, we're in an interesting time. We're going to start seeing other uh, meetups crop up, like Pressnomics, like Word Sesh. You know, yep. I've, I've said it before, even if an, if an event is 200 bucks, but you're getting so much more value out of it, why not, right? Why yeah, not I mean, it's, it's the, I think whether... 
the tricky parts that, or what one of the challenges of what they're doing is they're they're really trying to cookie cutter it, and it's coming across that way. Mm. I mean, a lot of the sites look very similar. You know, the layouts look similar. The everything's similar. But how could you have a WordCamp like in LA and the ticket price costs the same thing as a WordCamp in, you know, Grand Rapids? No offense, Brian. Grand Rapids is much smaller than LA, right, and much less expensive than running a venue in LA. So. Um, it's, 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 you can't cookie cutter this stuff. Right. I mean, you know, Philly is a very expensive town. I mean, they're granted all big cities are expensive, but some areas are much cheaper than others. And, and, and trying to have everybody have a $20 ticket, um, that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like, you know, it's, it's limiting what some of these, what some of these word camps could potentially be because they're not getting enough money. Some people are ending up upside down, yeah. um, losing money. Um, you know, that's not good. So, right. Right. Yeah. I, who knows? I hope they figure it out. I think it's evolving. I, I just, you know, it's it feels like something something needs to happen. So, yeah. real real quick, I want to squeeze this question in, um, and you know, it's probably a, a, too hard of an answer to to squeeze in in under thirty seconds, but I'll try. Uh, do you see any competition coming from WordPress.com um, specifically in, you know, custom themes, added features? Now they have a lower grade enterprise level hosting support package. Uh, do you foresee any kind of oh boy, you know, WordPress.com and and having to return on their investors or turn money to their investors? Uh, do you see any competition coming our way? Um, competition as far as like .com versus like what we're doing is you know on the .org. Yeah. So if somebody thing. says, hey, you know what, I don't need to go hire somebody for five thousand bucks to 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 make me a real estate site or a hotel sure. site or or whatever the next vertical might be. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I don't, I guess I haven't thought about that too much, but I, thinking about it now, I, I don't really, because it's cool that they're doing these different verticals on .com. Um, you know, they have the, the yeah, the like the restaurant one now and some other things. Um, for us specifically, I don't feel like it. Yeah, that gives them kind of the base set of features, but in my experience, most sites that have any complexity to them, they have a very specific way they want to do things. Um, and .com is going to be, well, here's all the things you can do. It has to be done this way. There might be some configuration options, but that's only going to go so far. Uh, it, it's never going to get to the point where, uh, unless you're going like on some VIP side of .com, where I can kind of push up my own custom scripts and stuff. Um, as far as I know, I, I don't know of any anything that's going there, unless you're on, again, the VIP side. So I'm not too concerned. I mean, I feel like, yeah, that's a great option. And honestly, it might even open the door to more people coming to us. Because if they go to .com and say, all right, let's launch a restaurant site, fire one up. And then a year from now, they're like, yeah, this is great. However, it doesn't do this or that or this, and there's no way to do it. All right, let's migrate to .org, find a developer that can get that done for us, yeah. um, and take what we have and use that as a starting point. You know, So who knows? I mean, it could go either way. I think it's still pretty early on. I mean, they just they really just started doing that, like, or really promoting it, like, what, maybe a year ago, yeah. year and a half ago? It, so it hasn't been around that long. I don't... It's not something I've really thought about, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be a big yeah. issue. I, I just have these uh, these crazy visions of like a Terminator Skynet gone bad, and <laughs> WordPress.com is like H and R Block for WordPress, and you can just come <laughs> on in and launch your site for ten bucks. And uh, well, if, you know, if nothing else, I mean, if we can get more restaurant sites on WordPress, I mean, that's a that's a big win for everybody because yeah. I feel like restaurant sites are like the worst. Anywhere, like the menus are always PDFs, yeah. like they're just terrible. They're never mobile friendly, even though you're trying to pull them up on your phone as you're driving around downtown. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I, you know, I just I want them to get on WordPress. I don't care if it's .com or if they come to us. Yeah. Uh, last question of the formal business side of things: If you could go back in time, one year, five years, or ten years, uh, what would you do differently if you had to do it over again? Hmm. Um. 
What would I do differently? I don't know. Maybe I would dive into this, you know, Web Dev Studios thing a little earlier. Um, I, you know, the time we did it was great. I've mentioned it before. 2008 was like a magical year for WordPress. I mean, if, you know, if you start asking, I don't know if you have in some of your previous episodes, I don't think I heard it on the ones I watched. Um, you know, ask when people started, uh, companies specifically, uh, most, a lot of the companies in WordPress started in 2008. Like yep. that was the year I think a lot of people dove into the commercial and said, Hey, this is, we can make money at this, like serious money. Um, not only like service-based businesses like mine, but also like products, mm-hmm. um, you know, Studio Press, iThemes. I mean, all those guys. Two thousand eight. Woo Themes was two thousand eight. I mean, yep. that was a magical year. So maybe, maybe like a year or two earlier. So it could have been a, a little bit ahead of the curve with those guys. Yeah. But yeah. It's uh, other than that, I don't. I don't really. I don't know if I would change much. I mean, it's all like looking back. There were some rocky times with the company where you know we didn't know if enough jobs were going to come in to support payroll and things like that. And it's it's nerve wracking when you have your own company because you're not. Imagine you know we all kind of worry about our own personal finances, right? Do I I got to pay this bill and that bill and, you know, am I going to have enough money for whatever? I got to buy, you know, a new engine in my car or whatever. Well, you know, take that and then multiply it times a company with all the employees that you have. Like you, it's more than just you at that point. You're now worried about having the funds to support, you know, your, your employees. Um, So it's even more nerve wracking because the last thing you want to do is not be able to make payroll. Now, obviously this is a long time ago, but yeah. I don't, you know, maybe going in a little bit earlier and and getting in, but overall, it's it's all worked out really well for us. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. Those that's kind of answer I was I was hoping to get because these are real real (laughs) real things, uh, real real concerns on on the audience's mind. Um, yeah, so that so that that is awesome, and and it's funny you say that because I just published uh, one of my interviews with Rebecca Gill of Web Savvy Marketing. She does a lot of studio press child themes and, and support and SEO support. And it's all about launching in 2008, which was the financial downturn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, every, how about but, that? It but, was like, but all these WordPress, how long and everyone's starting company. Yep. And then all these WordPress shops have come in, come out of that, uh, come out of the ashes of that. So it's awesome that you brought that up. We're going to jump into the next sections called what's in your toolbox. What piece of software or hardware do you need to use on a daily basis to run your business? Oh, uh, to run the business, I would probably say Skype. Um, Skype's very important with how we, we're, we're a completely distributed company. So um, we do not have an office. We're all work from our homes. Um, so Skype and just being able to connect virtually is very, very important to us. So, um, yeah, I'd probably say Skype is, is that critical. Awesome. Uh, do you use a project management tool? We do. Uh, we use Basecamp, nice. uh, the new, new version. We just migrated over few months back from classic yep um mainly the holdup was around time we were waiting for them to introduce time but it didn't seem like that's coming anytime soon so we, <laughs> we ended up going with new base camp and harvest for time tracking which integrates really well so sweet uh jump into the next section listener questions first one uh t northcut at t northcut on twitter he asks i want the best practices for working with team with a team uh, versus solo workflow efficiency stuff whatever you got so uh, let's just give one tip for that best practices uh for working with a team versus solo yeah i, uh, I imagine I, he's talking about virtual team so just like yeah. you said well i mean i think the nice thing about team and i, I hope this answers this question is that you can kind of you know you want to know everyone's strengths and weaknesses so CSS design, that's obviously a weakness of mine. Um, so when I come across a task or something that needs, that has kind of a functionality element and like then it needs to look pretty, 
I do the functionality element, and then I pass it over to someone who's way better with design than I am to do the, the pretty part. Um, you know, if if you have if you're having an issue with JavaScript or jQuery, you can kind of go to you know whoever's best in the JavaScript jQuery side of things. Um, so rather than me getting hung up on something or anybody for that matter getting hung up for half a day, you know, Google and trying to figure something out, maybe someone else has an answer. Um, also, just sharing code. Um, snippets, you know, the nice thing, we have a chat room we're in all day long as a company. So um, if I'm getting ready to do something, I'll say, hey, I'm going to build this this thing that does X, Y, Z. Anyone done anything close? Anyone got some code I could start with? Um, a lot of times somebody will have something that maybe doesn't get me all the way there, maybe only gets me halfway there, maybe, you know, just 10% of it, but it's a starting point. It's, it's less that I have to do. So um, just leveraging, you know, code samples, everyone's experience and knowledge. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest advantages to, to working with the team. Yeah, I love that. I love the code sample uh, idea. Next question comes in from a fellow named Ryan C. Duff. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ask him when he's going to start shaving his head again. Uh, yeah, that's a big start, question. You can't get a straight answer out of him. Yeah, that's I get asked that a lot. So I, I've been shaving my head since like middle of high school, um, and that's been a while ago. Up until this past winter, I just kind of let it go. I shaved the last time I shaved it was uh, for WordCamp Philly in October, and then I just kind of let it go to see what would happen because I hadn't grown my hair out in like almost eighteen years or something. I was curious. I have curly hair, so I was curious if it would actually come back curly, and it did. So that didn't go away. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest. I might just roll with it for the summer, for the year. See, um, I do enjoy shaving my head. It's a lot less work. I actually had to, like, comb my hair before this. But <laughs> it wouldn't matter. So, like, I have to think about that kind of stuff. Like, if I'm getting on a video call or, like, doing the drag cast, although I don't nice. always comb my hair for that. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's I, I'm not going to give you a straight answer either. We'll awesome. see. <laughs> Brad, the politician. Uh, let's jump into the lightning round. I'll ask you a series of quick questions. You'll have a series of quick answers. All right. Uh, the one plugin you cannot live without. Um, whew. uh, I guess the Kismet. I use a Kismet on all the sites. Um, I could say gravity forms. I've heard a lot of people say that. I love gravity forms too. A Kismet, gravity forms, WordPress SEO. I mean, those three I probably use on every site we do. So nice. Can I give you three? <laughs> uh, a favorite WordPress or business book. Ooh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I had to pick one, there's a lot out there, but no, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I I don't know which one you're talking about. (laughs) I, I actually really do. And not, not just self-promotion, but I felt like the, the the professional series, professional WordPress books that we wrote were, were, and still are very needed. Like it kind of fills that void of, all right, I understand. I know how to use WordPress. I know how to do some basic kind of theme hacking, plugin hacking, but where do I go from there? You know, I feel like it, it fills that void. And when I was learning it, and I'm sure you and a lot of other people are learning it, um, it's hard because is that information online? Absolutely. It's all over the place, but it's all over the place. So, um, and a lot of it's outdated and stale. So you might find an article from 2008 that does what you're asking, but it's at you know it's not using the proper code or the right functions or whatever it may be. So, I actually really enjoy my books, if that's a good answer. And and I use them. I have the PDFs on my desktop. I use them probably on a daily basis because I can't remember all that stuff. So I still have to look up what's in there. That's awesome. A quote you live or run your business by? Um, a quote. Uh, well, that's a good one. Um. Let me think on that. Okay. Want to come back to it? Yeah. All right. The best business or career advice you ever received? Best business or career advice? Um, 
That's a good one too. I I guess I would say just do it, man, because a lot of people are very hesitant to take that jump from working for somebody to kind of doing their own thing. Um, and then almost every single person that does it, and I've seen a lot of my friends do it, where they're working somewhere and they're kind of doing WordPress on the side and they, they decide to make the jump to freelance. A few months later, they're so happy that they did it. The yep. freedom and then actually doing something they, they truly are passionate about day in and day out. Um, I mean, that, in my opinion, adds years to your life. You know, I don't, I've never understood why people want to work at a job um, that they don't enjoy. So if you're not enjoying it or you're thinking about moving over to WordPress, do it. Take the jump. Love it. Take a risk. Yep, I love it. Uh, the longest a client project has taken? Longest? Uh, about a year, I would say. We had one that, that took about a year from start to launch. It was a long one. Bad. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Ooh, um, uh, Drupal, for sure. I mean, Drupal is a very robust platform. If anyone's if anyone listening has worked on it, they know what I'm talking about. I mean, it can do anything, um, but it takes some knowledge to know how to get it to do anything. It's a much more much higher level much higher learning curve um, working with Drupal, but it is, I mean, it's very, very flexible. So I would definitely say Drupal. Nice. Uh, who should I interview next? Who should you interview next? Uh, have you, you should interview Lisa Saban Wilson. Will do. The Lisa Saban Wilson. WordPress <laughs> the... author. She's, she's, she's awesome. Um, just a wealth of knowledge. Really, really good person. Um, very knowledgeable. Uh, good luck scheduling her though, because she is on a a tour of conferences and and meetings in various cities. So I think she's gone for like two or three weeks bouncing nice. around. But you should definitely get Lisa on for sure. Awesome, we'll do. What's the one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Oh man, um, what are my top three weaknesses? I don't know. That's, that used to be one of my questions, actually. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> that's like an interview question that you never know quite what to say. Yeah. Um, what about, yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 you had some good questions for sure. Um, I think sometimes it's fun to talk about, uh, maybe things that didn't go as smoothly, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, but I think we touched on that a little bit yep. at the beginning. So awesome. Any, 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 um, any up and coming awesome things with the Dradcast uh, that I should be worried about as the uh, uh, the number one? Are you coming for the throne? Is that what I heard? <laughs> are you in the throne? Is I that... thought I was. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, actually, we're doing a, our first live Dradcast. It's going to be at WordCamp OC um, at the first weekend in June. June, I think, first second. So. If you're out on the West Coast, or even if you're not and you plan on going, definitely come because it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be up on stage for about an hour doing a live show. I'm sure it'll be a disaster like every show we do it, but uh, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. All right, Brad, there's been some awesome advice in this episode. I really loved it. I really enjoyed talking to you. Folks, if you want to see more of this stuff, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe. I'm also on iTunes if you want to catch up on your run or at the gym or in the car or wherever. Brad, where can people find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, sure. You can check out webdevstudios.com. You can find me on Twitter. I like to tweet a lot, WilliamsBA. Um, and then, yeah, check out the Dradcast, dradcast.com. We, we're every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Sounds awesome. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for doing the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.